Welcome to an Arkansas AgCast Deep Dive, where we take a closer look at news that impacts you. The Arkansas AgCast is brought to you by the Arkansas Farm Bureau Federation. I'm glad to welcome my colleague, Jared Yates, to the show. Jared, welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah? You excited? Thrilled to be here. I think the second time we've had you on the show. I think. Should have been many more, but that's okay, too. Let's, let's see how this one goes. That's, that's, yeah, it's a <laughs> test. All right, so for those of uh, those are our listeners that don't know a, a little bit about you, Jared, tell us a little bit more about what you do here at Arkansas Farm Bureau. So I've been with Arkansas Farm Bureau for a little over two years. Um, the first, essentially, two years, I was in the our national affairs role at within our government relations department. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, lobbied the legislature and the our federal delegation uh, with a focus on those national national issues that we deal with in Washington D.C. So that's kind of what I what I spent the last two years doing, and then uh, a little. You know, a little over three months ago, was uh, hired as the EVP uh, of the Federation and been doing that for a little over three months. Has it been like three months or more like three <laughs> years? Or It's been a busy three months, I can yeah, tell you that. I um, bet so. It, you know, I was hired right at the uh, right at the time of all of our counties are having their annual meetings, and, and so I crisscrossed the state um, almost somewhere every, every night uh, attending an annual meeting, so... It was definitely busy, but yep. it was it was a lot of good good meetings and uh, saw a lot of folks that I knew and, and met a lot of new folks too. So it was uh, it was a good experience and the timing worked out actually pretty well. You remember all their names, of course. Of course I did. <laughs> of course I did. Well, let, let's back up a little bit here. So let's take the opportunity to tell people a little bit more about your background and kind of the your family's history in agriculture. Sure. So you know, my dad graduated from the University of Arkansas with a poultry science degree. Um, and so because of that, my fa- you know, my family's always kind of been in the poultry industry. Um, but, you know, I was brought home from the hospital to a poultry and cattle farm. Yeah. Um, there in Northwest Arkansas, I was born in Fayetteville. Um, and then all through my life, we've, we've had either chicken, chicken houses or, or cattle or a combination of both. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, growing up in high school, um, you know, my dad worked for um, several integrators, but, uh, you know, Hudson Foods um, and then ended up with, with Tyson Foods down in southwest Arkansas. And um, during that, my high school years, he worked for Hudson Foods and they had company farms. Mm-hmm. They had like 10 house company farms. I think they had five or six of them uh, around the Hope, Arkansas and Prescott area. Is Hudson still around? Hudson Tyson bought them out. Okay. Um, but uh, in high school during the summers, I would work one of those ten house farms. Um, you know, there's obviously a lot of turnover in those, and so there was always one that you know, was usually empty or needed needed an extra hand. So, yeah. um, I worked um, picking up dead chickens and mm-hmm. uh, fixing equipment and uh, all of those fun things that you do on a poultry farm, um, broiler houses. So, I did that all through the summers in high school, and swore that I would never ever in my <laughs> life own a chicken house. Um, it is a lot of hard work. I have a lot of respect for those that are in that industry. But anyway, lo and behold, after after I graduated college and, and you know, we were wanting to expand our cattle operation in order to make the cash flow and buy land, you know, we ended up buying a farm that had some poultry houses on it. So we were in the, you know, I owned some poultry houses for a period of time. And you kind of do what you know. Yeah. You know, I swore I'd never do it, but I did Fell it. right back into Fell it. Fell right back into it. 
You know, I tell folks those chicken houses made me happy twice the day I got them. The day I sold them. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, I learned a lot through that process. But uh, so still have some cattle today. Uh, you know, just a cow calf operation that uh, I do kind of with my dad. So yeah. So you did some time in D.C. too, though, didn't you? I did. I spent some time in D.C. Uh, working um, in congressional office in the, from the 4th Congressional District of Arkansas, Congressman Mike Ross. I spent some time working with him. Uh, ended up being his chief of staff, but, you know, as I, I kind of worked my way up within his office and at one point was his ag liaison and focused on our ag, all of our ag policy stuff when he was on a member of the mm-hmm. ag committee in the House. And so, you know, that kind of opened my eyes up. Uh, considerably to you know what the, what the ag world kind of looks like nationally and, yeah and you know how everybody you know there's 435 members of congress and all of them mm-hmm. fight for their their part of the country and um and it's just interesting how how that process works and, and obviously i learned a great deal through that did you experience some farm bureau work back then too sure did you know farm bureau used to come up to dc quite often mm-hmm. and and lobby us and educate us on what farm bureau's priorities were from a national level so i yeah. uh I've been been working with Farm Bureau and from that standpoint for many years. Yeah. What were some of the big issues you y'all were working on back then? You know, it was you know, the whole fight between crop insurance and direct payments was mm-hmm. the big yeah. the big discussion back then. You know, we kinda went away from direct payments and went toward more towards the crop insurance um and risk management tools yeah. uh perspective and so that was kind of the big discussion back then is is how we how we make those changes and mm-hmm. and uh, you kind of had some geographical <laughs> yeah. fights in that in that discussion but um those are the big things going on then yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll get to it later in the show but remind me if i'm wrong or correct me if i'm wrong you did some work with the farm bill too didn't you back then sure yeah we we did there was a farm bill written while ross was on the ag committee so we mm-hmm. were heavily involved in that you know, and, it, and it's a it's kind of a grueling process. You know, I mean, those are five year bills. Oh yeah. And so, you know, that's kind of you know you kind of think about that in relation to where we are today, and we're kind of having some of the same fights over some different issues. But you know, it's it's always about trying to update that new farm bill to reflect the current climate rather than what the climate was five and six years ago. Yeah. Anyway, it, it, it's a it's a grueling process to deal with the ag sector from all over the country, which is very obviously diverse. Yeah. And you combine that with the, the nutrition side of that bill mm-hmm. and the changes that we've seen since I was in D.C. working on it in that capacity, it's grown, I mean, exponentially. Well, the size it's of the farm bill is staggering. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is the first year, you know, once we renew, hopefully we're going to renew soon, but once we renew a farm bill, it'll be the first trillion-dollar farm bill, yeah. you know. When I was there, billion was a big word, and <laughs> yeah. now trillions are just, you know, thrown around everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. Yeah, no big deal. Yeah, if you ain't worth a trillion dollars in a bill, it ain't worth much. Yeah. Well, I heard you did a little bit of stint in law enforcement. Can you confirm <laughs> those rumors? When I was growing up, you know, I was, you know, kind of always um, infatuated with law enforcement, interested in law enforcement. Thought that might be a, a career I wanted to pursue, and so I, I did spend some time uh, as a reserve you know, part-time deputy sheriff in in Garland County and in Dallas County, and mm-hmm. uh, went through the training and and uh, all of those things. And I have so much respect and admiration for the folks who put on a badge and and uh, and, and show up to serve and protect every day. It is <clears throat> you think about it, and it's it's one of those things. You know, I get a badge, I get a gun, I get to go and uh, enforce the laws, and it's all well and good. And then, you know, when you get into a dangerous situation where you may not come back home mm-hmm. to your family, yeah. It becomes very real, real quick. Yeah, I've all, I've always said we don't pay 
teachers, police officers, or farmers are well near enough. I agree. <laughs> 100%. So, uh, but anyway, yeah, I did, and I enjoyed that my time in that. Uh, it just got real, real quick, and, you know, I had a young family at the time, and I had opportunities to do other things, and so I decided to do that. But The haircut stayed, though? Yeah, haircut, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, get cued, I get asked if I'm still in law enforcement fairly often. It's a good look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It fits you. Yeah, yeah. We've we've kind of touched on your background in agriculture and politics and stuff like that, but keeping that in mind, and with the addition of your, your time here at Farm Bureau, what do you think the strengths are that Farm Bureau has? You know, I mean, Farm Bureau is um, – it is such a unique and special organization. I mean, the the true value of Farm Bureau is its people. Yeah. And there's no – and there's I mean, that's that's evident throughout our organization, but – That's the reason why we're here. That's the reason why we're here. But, you know, the – there is no organization that is grassroots to the extent that Farm Bureau is. It is it is truly a bottom-up organization. You know, the things that we take on as priorities, the things that we fight for and that we, um, that we pursue from a legislative standpoint all comes from, you know, the county level mm-hmm. and from our, you know, regular members. And, and so I think that's what makes us – gives us our strength. You know, I mean, when folks hear from – you know, Farm Bureau staff or Farm Bureau members at the Capitol, they know that, that that came from somewhere local. Yeah. Somewhere in a small town that that, that it's not something that's um, der- derived out of Little Rock. It is yeah. something that is derived out of, out of you know, a rural town or community back home. And so they know that that's a meaningful issue that we're trying mm-hmm. to, we're trying to accomplish. So as executive vice president, you've been here for, what'd you say, three years you did stint. You you were the director of uh, national affairs, right. but as executive vice president, is there or what? What have you learned so far in the the short time you've been in that role? How's that? That what's that change like? You know, I, I would say that simple or the short answer to that is the true impact that Arkansas Farm Bureau has across the state. And, mm-hmm. what, and what I mean by that is, like we talked about earlier, I had that opportunity to travel around the state speaking at at uh, annual meetings and you know one of the things that that i heard at every annual meeting was the report from that county's young farmer and rancher committee the report from that county's women's committee Mm -hmm. and the the work that they're doing with our young young people in that community whether it be through 4-h ffa whether it be the scholarships that that county hands out to their students i mean we're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah we're talking about educational programs that are offered all across the state that are all directly provided as a result of Farm Bureau. Yep. And that impact across the state is huge. And in my previous role at Farm Bureau, you know, I mean, I I knew that that existed. I knew Mm -hmm. we did all those things. But to see it and hear it and and see some of those numbers and what that that means to any one community, and then you multiply that to all the counties across the state, it's just such a – it's a meaningful – it's that's a very meaningful thing to me that I learned about, you know, truly seeing that impact that Farm Bureau has across the across the state. You take Farm Bureau out of the mix, and there is and there is a lot that goes undone in those counties. Oh, absolutely. So I mean, I that's you know that's kind of been eye opening to me, and it's been a, a wonderful thing to see. Yeah, I, I've been fortunate to witness that a little bit in the four years I've been here, and uh, it really does open your eyes quite a bit. But going back to the Farm Bill, uh, it's been on many people's minds this year since it's about time for it right but 
Clearly, we're going to have to wait a little bit longer for Farm Bill. But what do you think some of Farm Bureau's priorities are or have been in regards to this coming Farm Bill? And what can we do or what have we been doing to address those? Sure. You know, I, I think most most farmers and ranchers would probably tell you that our current Farm Bill is not horrible. You yeah. know what I mean? We're not, we're not coming at this from a position of we've got to, you know, completely wipe this lake clean and mm-hmm. start over. We have a we have a pretty good foundation and a pretty good framework to work from. And so, you know, the key is is to make those changes that really make it current to today's agriculture versus five or six years ago. Yeah. You know, and what I mean by that is, and, and it translates to what our priorities are, I think, and, you know, some type of index or increasing on the reference prices that were based on, you know, 2011, 10, 12 time frame yeah. uh, versus today's uh, cost and, and prices. And so, you know, an update to the reference prices is obviously one of our priorities and needed and, and uh, desperately needed across uh, the agriculture sectors. But, you know, one of the other priorities we've been, we've been working on is some type of risk protection, you know, program for our poultry farmers. You know, that's a big deal for those folks who have traditionally been left out of any type of risk management programs. The need is obviously there. You know, poultry growers take on an exorbitant amount of risk. The cost of of building chicken houses today is significantly higher than it was five, six years ago. Yes. And the risk and liability that they're taking on to produce, um, you know, the poultry that we have in this country is just steadily inclining at at a steep level. And so... That risk protection for them is a bit, is a big priority for us. We've mm-hmm. been trying to work with that, uh, and so that's you know those are kind of one of the, the top two. You know, I would say the other is you know some type of continued assistance on crop insurance. You know, as we as we've moved away from direct payments and more towards a crop insurance system, you know, ensuring that those crop insurance products are affordable for farmers is a big deal. Yeah, and, and I think that that needs to be looked at uh, in this farm bill. Um, and truly, you know, one of the priorities is that that we get a farm bill, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, because of the delays in Congress and with the speaker vacancy that was created, that was really bad timing from a farm bill standpoint. Yes. And so that really delayed a lot of things. And so now going forward between now and the end of the year, you know, there's discussion of an extension. Mm-hmm. And then is that a short-term dis- extension or is that a year or six months, three months? I think the, the key to that is we need a farm bill that we can truly count on and that is one that farmers need. Yeah. And um, and so if we have to wait, you know, three months or six months to achieve that, I think that that's probably where we need to be. Yeah, uh, I mean, not stretched out too long, but if it takes that time to get get it right, I think we got to get it right. Yeah, absolutely. So, where do you see Farm Bureau and as EVP? Where do you see Farm Bureau in the next five, ten years? And what kind of goals have you set for yourself or Farm Bureau in general? You know, I think that you know from a priority standpoint or from what we want Farm Bureau to look like, you know, five and 10 years from now is it's no secret that, you know, the average age of farmers is on the, on the incline. Yes. And the, the number of young farmers getting into agriculture full time as their full time employment is on the decline. Yeah. You know, we have got to do our part to ensure that we have agriculture production in this country for years to come. That is such an important deal that we lose sight of, I feel like. We kind of take agriculture for granted. And so I think that we as an organization have to do our part to, one, create an environment to where young farmers and ranchers getting into agriculture 
um, is is less challenging than it is today. Yes, um, it is very challenging to do that because of the the cost associated with getting into farming from a full time standpoint. So I think that we've got to do our part so that ten, five, ten years from now, we have a lot more young farmers and ranchers involved, engaged, and understand the importance of being a member of an organization that is fighting for their industry. We have to show them that value, show them why being a Farm member, farm Bureau member is so important uh, to ensuring that we can continue to pi- provide the food and fiber in this country. Yeah, I like to tell everybody we're more than just a 10% discount at max. You that's, know, true. And, that's true. Uh, Although this time of year, that didn't 10% helps. <laughs> it does. But <laughs> open a week in a rifle season is what, a week away yeah, or a week and a it half is. away? It is. Then you got duck season the next weekend, That's I think. That's right. That's right. So in, in case y'all didn't know, Jared's a, an avid hunter. We, yep. we we tend to talk about that quite a bit. But uh, before we get into less serious questions, okay. what do you feel as if Farm Bureau's biggest challenges going forward? You I guess you've kind of answered that with what you would like us, like Farm Bureau to see, or see Farm Bureau as. But what, what challenges are facing the organization currently or in the future? You know, I, I think Arkansas Farm Bureau and other, you know, ag advocacy organizations are going to be in the same boat, and that is, you know, we, you know, Arkansas is an ag state. We, uh, you know, most of most folks in Arkansas drive by agriculture uh, on their way to work, picking their kids up from school. They see agriculture all around them. You know, there's a lot of folks that live in urban cities that never see agriculture. Yeah, they have no concept of what it means to to produce the food that they find at the grocery store. Exactly. And, you know, I've talked about this before, but, you know, as we see those population shifts from rural areas where ag lives to urban areas where ag is not is not there, there's a disconnect about what policies we need to have in this country and, you know, and at each state level uh, to ensure that, that we have a political environment and a regulatory environment that farmers can continue to produce at, you know, goods and products that uh, that the country needs and so you know i think that one of our biggest challenges is educating folks in those urban areas that don't truly understand what all goes into producing that gallon of milk or mm-hmm. that loaf of bread or whatever it may be the importance of what is happening out in rural areas yeah and that if we want to continue to have you know ample food supply at the grocery store you know farmers have got to continue to be able to do what they do for a living yeah and so I think that's something that, you know, the entire agriculture industry is going to going to face, and that's something that we're going to have to tackle head on and, and educate folks. And I think that's that's where we're looking into the future. Yeah, I like to tell everybody, especially when I have to speak to a group or something like that, is we're all a part of agriculture, whether it's the clothes we wear, the food we eat. I think it's very important that you made that point, and uh, that combined with, I think, as an economist, looking at a lot of those numbers as farmers getting older and the number of farms going down and, not as many young people is, is something that uh, we could definitely focus on here at Farm Bureau. But I'm going to take the pressure off of you now. <laughs> okay. okay. So here at the AgCast, we mm-hmm. somehow always uh, talk about food one way or another. <laughs> That's so, one of my favorite subjects, too. <laughs> we, we like to eat here at Farm Bureau, to say the least. But you, you brought up uh, you know having to travel quite a bit for all your annual meetings early in the year or right after you got hired. So... What are some of the hole-in-the-wall restaurants that you consider some of your favorites here in the state of Arkansas? Man, there's so many good places around the state. Yeah. I, I don't know that I could come up with a favorite, but, you know, I mean, I, I'm from southwest Arkansas, so, you know, I mean, I, that's home for me, but I have been able to travel around and 
um, around the state. But uh, let's see, uh, you know, rotas and tamales in uh, Lake Village is one of my favorite hole in the wall places. Yeah, so good. Uh, you know, Craig's Barbecue. There that's, you go, the DVB baby. That's obviously a good one. <laughs> uh, let's see, Woods Place in Camden. Yeah. Uh, when I'm in Hope, I you know Tailgaters is always a good spot in Hope. Think what else is out there, man? There's so many. Uh, Mel's in Harrisburg, you know, we we try to frequent there. Trying to think, you know, I, I duck hunt close to uh, Lone Oak, Arkansas, and the Grumpy Rabbit. I don't know if you've oh, been yeah. the Grumpy Rabbit. It's been not there. necessary. I don't know if, I, if it qualifies as a hole in the wall, but it's good. Uh, the Grumpy Rabbit is a good spot. What do you get at Craig's? What's and I'm, your order? I'm a brisket man. A brisket, brisket. Mm, man, if you're if you're not on top of the cheeseburger with slaw game yet. At Craig's? At Craig's. Is that barbecue? Nah, it's served at a barbecue <laughs> restaurant. Their barbecue's great. Don't get me wrong. But you got to try the cheeseburger the with cheeseburger slaw on it. And slaw. If you want to get crazy, it's available. You can add barbecue sauce, and you can add whatever, you know, brisket or sliced pork to it if you'd like. On the sandwich? On the sandwich. Burger. Um, that's why. Do you really want to get in this conversation? No, that's burger. Okay. <laughs> burger. Is burger a sandwich? Uh, is it? I think it would qualify. Burger sandwich? It is National Sandwich Day. Oh, is it? So it definitely qualifies today. Well, there you go. Well, we usually get in food arguments specifically about chili soup, whether or not chili should be under soup or not, because it's not called chili soup. It's called chili. What do you think? Hmm. I'm saying chili is not a soup. Boom. There we go. I got somebody We, we knew on they side. hired the right guy for the job. <laughs> Well, Jared, I really appreciate you being on the show today. Uh, your your hot takes on uh, restaurants here in the state. Your experience is going to be valuable to the organization. Uh, I really appreciate your time that you took this afternoon. Man, I appreciate being here. I appreciate what you guys do and tell the news to to the ag world in, in Arkansas and beyond. And it's very important. So appreciate you guys. Well, thank you. I'm I'm excited to see what uh, kind of stats we get after this. <laughs> Maybe we'll bring you back on. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, that wraps up this special edition of the Arkansas AgCast. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this deep dive episode. We'll continue bringing on guests to take a closer look at topics important to our members. Remember, you can catch new weekly episodes of the Arkansas AgCast every Thursday. Find videos on Facebook and YouTube. Listen to the audio version where you listen to podcasts. Make sure to subscribe and leave us a review when you have a few extra minutes. The Arkansas AgCast is brought to you by the Arkansas Farm Bureau. I'm John McMinn, and we'll see you next week.